I'm in a dream. I'm nothing like the others. I own this world. This game was meant for you, William. But you must play it alone. Where is the center of the maze? cheat the devil, you owe him at least an offering. It's time to work out the riddle of the Sphinx. It's time for Way Out Westworld. I'm your host Laura and joining me to work out what timeline we find ourselves in now are Mac and Gary. Hi, Hi there. If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and ACA so you never miss an episode. And this is your massive spoiler warning. We're on episode four of season two. As much as me telling you the entire synopsis of this episode and a couple sentences will be genuinely thrilling, you're better off going away, watching it and coming back. We are just voices on your phone. We'll wait for you to catch up. So this episode was easily the best of season two so far and was all the more interesting that it didn't contain any sightings of Team Dolores or Team Maeve. Neither of them popped up. Um, Episode four mainly revolved around the man in black with a delve into his history a few hints more to his maze and his relationship with the now late James Delos, and at the end of the episode, the late robot James Delos, number 149. Meanwhile, Bernard took the Clementine Express, standard class, no frills, to meet a still-alive Elsie who'd been living in a cave Airbnb. Protein bars and buckets are all added extra, as it turns out. The episode tonight was called The Riddle of the Sphinx. Now, I've looked this up. Do you know what the actual riddle is? Tell me. Well, I looked it up, so sorry. Right, Gary, you're, you're, you're the one that needs to work this I like to be you. surprised. <laughs> what has four legs in the morning, two in the afternoon, and three in the evening? That's the actual riddle. Now, in Greek mythology, if you got this wrong, the Sphinx would eat you. Right. Oh, so, come on now. Yeah. High so stakes. It's a bit harsh. Yeah. High stakes. <laughs> Do you know what the answer is? I'm not even going to guess. Man. Because birth's the morning, and you crawl, and then you walk on two legs, and then as you get older into your evening... You need a crutch. But what if you've got a Zimmer? That's a good point. I don't think Did they had Zimmers Yeah, back that's no. maybe it. I don't know. And do you know who solved the riddle? <laughs> Weirdly, it go way too Greek. Odysseus. Really? Like that. That's your lesson for the day. Every day's a school day. Every Fantastic. day's a school day. Anyway, I'll start today's proper Westworld chat by saying that I fully accept that I was wrong. Um, I accept that I became way too cocky midweek when I started posting gifts of who I thought the mysterious woman from the Raj is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I genuinely was convinced it was Theresa Cullen's daughter. It turns out it is not. It is Emily. Oh, you were you were so confident, Laura. And I, I like a bit of confidence when it comes to Westworld. You were you messaged us in, in the group chat and you said, "Hey, look look at this gift here. Uh, look at this gift here. I'm I'm pretty confident this is who it is." I, and you were quite wrong. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm accepting now. I think I will be less confident as the show goes forward. My guesses today will be very, <laughs> yeah. very safe. Yeah, I found very with safe. this show, it's kind of safer not to second guess it mm-hmm. because they usually pull the rug from underneath you. Yeah, because the gif I saw was um, both Teresa and Emily flicking their cigarette yep. in the same fashion. And now what I'm starting to think is, do people who smoke just do that? Is that just a given thing? Are Maybe. you just getting ash off a cigarette? <laughs> or, or is it just the producer's way of messing with us all? Like they, I mean, they just love to do it. Possibly. They, they do seem to love doing it. I mean, last night's episode was mind-blowing in so many different ways. Yep. Um, what was your biggest moment, Gary? Um, mine's was discovering James Delos... And what 
for be- one of a better word, a clinical trial of sorts. Yes. Um, at first we thought it was real. Then we discovered it's not so real. Number 149. Yes. But also it started, it brought questions to mind. How far ahead are we now? Um, what was it that caused his death? And fr- I mean, let's be honest, this this show's all about asking questions and it's not really one for giving us easy answers. So I'm reckoning that we're not going to find out where, how James got there mm-hmm. anytime soon. What confused me about the whole experiment is how long is too long to bring a robot version of someone back into real life? So you're sitting there with James Delos and this is attempt 149 and William has clearly aged quite a bit. So much so he's changed from Jimmy Simpson to Ed Harris. (laughs) Like we've gone full actor change. At what point can you just bring James Delos back and everyone will go, oh hey, hi James. Yeah, how's it going? I I I think that's a really good point. You've really only got a time scale, especially at the age, I mean, Peter Mullins, late 50s, I believe. I think. Possibly. Sorry, Peter, if you're younger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, I mean, you've only really got a time scale of about five years at most before people really start to realise, you were away for so long, why I, were you away? I was at an exotic spa. Well, that, I mean, <laughs> what's your excuse there? It's but, it's a weird, a weird one. And you've got to wonder what William's motivation was the whole time. I mean, did he know this wasn't going to be easy or was, was he setting James up? It did. I mean, just with the way Jimmy Simpson was acting, it just portrayed the character. There was kind of smirks here and there. Yeah. I felt that he kind of knew what he was putting James Delos through. I would, you know, because at the at the beginning when we first meet Jimmy and uh, on sorry William in, in season one, he's quite a wholesome character. But this is a different uh, Jimmy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, this is a different Jimmy Simpson, a different William. Yeah, I, I think there's a little bit of a bit of evil there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, part of me thinks that he knows that James had some sort of condition that if he signed on to something, there would be a chance of a power grab down the line, and now he's running the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't... To me, there, there was a lack of that emotional side of William. I mean, he's making these decisions after changing in Westworld. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he was doing it for James's best interest. No, no not at all. No, no matter how nice the circular IKEA showroom apartment looks. Yes. Oh, but how wasteful were they? 149 times that disappeared? 149... And they just keep setting them on fire. Yeah. There's no recycling. Exactly. I, I was just happy we got to see Peter Mullen dance. Oh, that was tremendous. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> he's actually so quite nice. a good mover, to be yeah. fair. I think he's a good mover. I love the fact that he reacted to this situation in just a very Scottish gentlemanly way of just being very crabbit about the whole entire yep. thing. Yeah. <laughs> just what, can I go now and get in a bottle of whiskey every single visit? I yeah. feel like even though he is robot James Delos, he did seem to have an okay life and maybe he should just... <laughs> just accept you know, it. Just, yeah. You're getting a bottle of whiskey, you've got all the Rolling Stones you want. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it does lead to a lot of questions of if James... Was was James subject one? Are there more people they're going to try this with? And it doesn't... So we're very confused by the timelines. Who knows where we are oh, anymore? I'm all over the place now. At one point, um, Bernard woke up and said, is it now... And I thought, that is the question I have been (laughs) asking every episode. Is it though? (laughs) Someone answer him and tell me. But but Bernard is the most 
unreliable narrator oh, for this show. Can't trust him. You cannot trust him. He, you know, does he not have a condition where he's, he finds faces difficult to recognise? Mm-hmm. I mean, how are you meant to trust this guy? Oh, <laughs> he doesn't know what he's doing. He's 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 part of the whole plan. I think Elsie is so right. I don't trust you, but I'm going to need your help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it seems definitely keep him on side while he's while he's there and seems to know all these secret hatches. Going back to James and William, um, that beautiful, beautiful line we mentioned it at the start of the episode, you aim to cheat the devil. Who do we think the devil is in this situation? Is this a lesson that he should be taking forward? Could be. Is it Wyatt? Is this a life lesson he's just continually sending William? I think William's the devil. I think William's the devil. Mm. I I don't know. Just maybe from his actions or Mm storyline-wise... But there was, you know, he was talking about the devil, and then when you saw later in the episodes, which I'm sure we'll get to, he calls himself Death. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Death and the devil, are they kind of the same thing, or are they slightly different? Makes or you are we getting too much into a rabbit yeah. hole if we really want to talk about that? Makes you wish you paid more attention at Greek mythology. <laughs> Absolutely. It? Why didn't we do that at school? It was interesting the way he brought up the, the fate of every kind of Delos family member. Yes. Like succession. Yeah. No one's really left. Logan seems to have overdosed quite quickly, mm-hmm. um, which is a shame because I'd really like more Ben Barnes. We all really would. like more yeah. Logan. We'd all want him back. Um, it was, yeah, the the loop that he was in was it it was disturbing that this was the loop was we bring him back to consciousness we say the same conversation just slightly Mm -hmm. adapted he has a meltdown is it that he's too clever for the host body have our human is this it is the fact that it's a cylindrical um the usually the host narratives are very linear but you see the humans one and they're they're this awful Mm -hmm. space age cylindrical thing with lots of bits i think that's a really good point i mean maybe the mind that the james delos mind that was put in the host body needed more than just this every day do the same thing yeah dance the records drink whiskey go on the trend uh, go on the exercise bike maybe if they actually let them out the, the degradation of the mind and and the kind of the buffering as you said last week laura would would stop they, they they need to they need to explore that further. They just can't have someone be in a hamster ball or a goldfish ball. They can't. They, there's got to be a better way to do it. One thing. So we we all are very much fans of Peter Mullen. Um, yes, we're all yeah. very excited for him to be in it. Um, one thing that came up. I found an interview on Vulture that he did, and it was very interesting. And in that it turned out he was supposed to do the pilot for Westworld. Um, in this interview, he talks about how he was all set to do the pilot, but they changed the dates and he'd already committed to another film. Um, so years later, they've offered him another part. But as further into the interview, um, when they ask, um, they said it was, so what part were you reading for? Was it not the part of James Delos? And he says, no, originally what was talked about was the man in black. That was an offer. That was discussed. And then they offered to have me play the farmer. Is it Peter Abernathy? I think it is. I was asked to play him. So when I saw the pilot and I saw Lewis Hertham, absolutely loved it. It was a beautiful performance. This could have been an entirely different show. It could have been. Completely. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I love Ed Harris, but trying to think of an old grizzled Scotsman as this man in black, that opens up a whole new kettle of fish. I think, but but then again, if you've got uh, Peter Mullen as a man in black, you don't have Jimmy Simpson. This is it. Who's young William? Yeah. 
Who could jung with this? This is That's probably the a question. question. Yeah. If you have any answers, you can tweet at us at Halfway <laughs> at Westworld because we don't really know. <laughs> we have no idea. Yeah, it's uh that's it. I mean we love this show and I think Lewis Hertham's performance as Peter Abernathy is magical in some points. We discussed a lot about it in the past two episodes, but yes, it's weird to think this could have this would not be the Westworld that we know. Absolutely. Maybe I, it's a different loop. <laughs> I think even after this episode, you've got to add in the kind of final test when it was like a uh, 149 when um william and james sat down and had that discussion peter mullen's performance there for that for that scene was i couldn't keep my eyes off mm-hmm. even when william was talking i could not take my eyes off peter mullen it was spellbinding absolutely incredible kind of following on from last week as well with um lewis hertham's performance as peter abernathy mm-hmm. And I touched on it, reminded me of someone with dementia. Absolutely. This one with Peter Mullen, when he starts struggling with his dialogue, struck me as someone with almost like a stroke. Mm-hmm. You see them struggling with their ability to speak. You see the frustration in their head as they realise that they're not being able to get the words out. It was actually quite heartbreaking to watch. Yeah. Absolutely. Especially considering that he has always been this powerful man, a very cocky man. Yeah. Always had the words, even if the words were swear words yeah. a lot of the time. But yeah, to see him struggle to get dialogue out and to automatically lose that position of, because forgetting words lost him that position yep. of power there. Is this not kind of a, an overarching theme that, you know, uh, William said no man, I always thought they, uh, no man should ever live forever. And it even shows it as a, as a host or, or as a kind of AI version of yourself. Or dig, digital immortality can't be achieved. It's going to break down at some point. Yeah, there's point. an expiry date. Absolutely. Yeah. You can't. You as a self cannot live forever. You can live forever as a memory, but not as an actual living entity or sentient AI. Because the Delos employee that um, spoke to William when he left the cubicle, we'll mm-hmm. call it, the... Um, jail cell of, yeah. of um, mouse cage. So many words. Um, firebox. Firebox. No, firebox. Yeah. Yes. Um, when he left and he went, he's been fine for months, but now he's glitching. That's it. I mean, maybe he is fine for months, but only within that hamster wheel. Maybe yeah. as soon as you put him with people, they start saying much in the same way that Williams. You know, things were said to Dolores that made Dolores mm. realize consciousness. Is it because that person's from the past in season one? I think um, Ford talked about how he couldn't, ha- he didn't like Bernard and Dolores being near each other because they did something weird to each other. Maybe this is it. Maybe some hosts just their programming clashes against someone else's programming, and that's the problem. Yeah, yeah, perhaps could well be, and I'm sure we'll find out more um, in the next few weeks. So, William, this timeline looks as though it's happened just before season one. It seems quite recent. Maybe he did one last farewell, set fire to the building, and left and went out but yeah now current I say current well, uh, man in black who knows what time it is <laughs> man in black wearing a hat hanging about yeah. um, he had a difficult situation of his own he seemed to learn a moral lesson today yeah I mean oh, I mean man in black is just such a, such a great character to watch because sometimes I'm, I'm I'm rooting for him sometimes I think oh I don't know if you're doing the right thing here. Yeah. And just the, the scenes with, uh, it's Major Craddock, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. The scenes with Major Craddock oh, have been great. I really I really enjoyed that as a kind of, even as a breather from what was going on because they were fairly straightforward to, to, to follow and the stuff in the rest of the episode was quite kind of heavy going. But those scenes were great. I absolutely loved them. His um, 
the fact that these are all hosts that Man in Black has interacted with before, and mm-hmm. he was the one doing the the kind of creepy dance. Yes, yeah. With um, the wife, and then the fact that it was the nitro that young William had been so desperately searching for. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting fact about nitro: you can tell that I have been on Google and that it should be taken away from me. But nitro. Um, can is also used in heart medication and also erectile dysfunction medication now. Oh right, yeah. right. And you know, nitro was first discovered accidentally. Uh, the gentleman that discovered it, I believe, he soaked sheets in the. It was nitroglycerin. He soaked sheets in it, put them out to dry, and then they exploded. And that's how he knew he'd he had something on his hands there. I think he was also very badly burnt in the discovery <laughs> yeah. as well, which is generally how people that. discovered horrendous things like that. <laughs> um. So yeah, the blowing up Craddock with the nitro, possibly one of the best, yes, best scenes. Yeah, I think for me that that, that the bar scene where they're talking to each other and um, Man in Black uses the line he says, "You, you know, Major Craddock's talking about death and and, and all of that." But then Ed Harris uses the line, "You think you know death, but you don't. You don't recognise him sitting across from you this whole time." I just thought that was the coolest line before he started opening fire on people. It was brilliant. I think just prior to that as well, I think the man in black realised that he was going to have to go down this road when Major Craddock did the little exercise with the waiter. Mm -hmm. And he saw just how far gone he was. Mm -hmm. And that's it, the waiter who he had previously bullied. Yes. This is it. It's it's as if other people are doing the things that he did and suddenly he's not okay with them. This is it. So has that last conversation with James been the trigger that makes him think. Mm -hmm. But then that would need to fit in post-season one, start of season two. Oh no, I'm going to have to get the flip chart out again. Yeah. We're going to have to work out the timelines on now. So he, yeah, a bit of a, a nice adventure with him and, and another message from Ford at the end through another tiny child host. Um, creepy child host. Creepy child host. This is this is becoming Ford's calling card. Um, before he, beautiful scene of him riding off with his gang now. Hey, the sort of Magnificent Seven riding towards the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, before Emily. Emily turned up. And they um, called her Grace it, yeah, it, 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 when, they first, uh, it, when we first saw it. Absolute fake out there. Yeah, <laughs> Emily Grace Delos, possibly. Mm. Um, yeah, she rocks up with the most perfectly announced hello, Dad, line ever yeah. that was just so bitter, but also sarcastic. Just in the way a daughter can truly do. Yeah. Just that pure, like all, all sorts of emotions in there. Um, she, though, is confusing me because she felt like she was in the Raj for a reason and she accidentally ended up in Westworld. Yeah, there was never any kind of real reason why she ended up there. So, mm-hmm. Just a tiger attack kind of led her yeah. to jump in a reservoir. Yeah, and fortunately for or unfortunately for mm-hmm. her, the tides pulled her towards Westworld. But yeah, yeah I'm, I still have a few questions about that. You wonder if she's realised that her father is also on the same path if the two of them together are going to solve this problem or, or work it out. But it's very... It does feel like her um, entire story has had to shift slightly because of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, does she have to go back to the Raj? Will this mean that we'll have to... We'll, we will see more of the Raj in the future? I don't know. I mean, it, I've, I initially thought maybe she's gone to the Raj with a fake name and something like that so that she doesn't get recognised as... Mm-hmm. As you know, William's daughter or anything like that, but yeah, it's it's really. I liked seeing her. I thought it was great seeing her, but she she seems to know what is happening. She seems she she knew Lakota. She mm-hmm. knew how to uh, speak in that language. 
she, she's definitely well informed about these lands yeah. um, and whether she's travelled to other parks as well before coming to Westworld. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was her whole plan was to go to the other parks and then finally come to Westworld. When she bumps into Ashley as well, um, when they're both taken by the Ghost Nation, he does seem to have a bit of a familiarity with her. It doesn't seem to be a, you know, I'm a park employee, you will be okay. It's just almost two people kind of going, yeah. Yeah. you know. It was a very ah, casual conversation. Wait, yeah. You know, if we wait for the security forces to come in, we'll all be okay. They they seemed very, very familiar. Well, that's a good point. Yeah, they, it wasn't, a, you're right, it wasn't a case of, right, stick with me, you'll be fine. It was, they're both in... A bit of peril, but it was mm-hmm. a very calm conversation, right? This yeah, it's because if happen. there was trust there between them already, mm-hmm. as if they've been in similar situations before, which yeah. maybe they have, but not quite to this extent. At least the question as well, is there such a thing as a Westworld kids camp? Like, how does she know all of the history and all of the languages? Was yeah. she put in there during the summer holidays? Like crash. Yeah, <laughs> a giant crash, <laughs> I mean, a giant murdering crash. There, like, when she was like 16 or something, like yeah. a summer job. That's, I mean, if your dad owns the company, surely you're going to get in get in with a summer job there. <laughs> Does she work for the company now? Has she used that as her way in a day loss? Does mm. she, is she going to be the secret weapon that also knows all of the, the secrets? This is it. But her and her dad don't seem to have the best relationship. No. One thing that popped up as well was that William appears to have lied to James about the method of his wife's death about the man in black's wife's death mm. because he says you know she took too many pills but then there's a scene of the bathtub with the blood yeah mm-hmm. you start to wonder is is there really is the man in black keeping a lot of cards close to his chest is he saying a lot of things to to keep this public profile going are there i mean if he does have secrets that's not a surprise really is it <laughs> no i think i think everybody's kind of burdened with many secrets in this show but yeah that is interesting kind of a slight detail in the mm-hmm. in, in the death why, why wouldn't you just tell yeah. it's i do want to know as well if ford has something to do with emily turning up in this park because it doesn't seem too far-fetched to me that ford would drag the daughter into this oh i mean he's the puppet master yeah so i mean it wouldn't be beyond the realms of possibility he's dragged her along knowing that there's this friction with her father and that if they were to come together it's going to cause some sort of problem for one or both of them yeah yeah ford does seem to have a a kind of affection for family and and the sort of the family he had if if i keep wanting to call her grace if emily did grow up in and around westworld Mm -hmm. Is this someone he's known forever and has he confided different bits of secrets and, you know, knowing what was going to happen? I think Ford ultimately wants William to get where he's going to, to find this. I mean, if him and Dolores are both looking for this weapon, I think he wants him to get there because I think there's going to be a reveal with this weapon, whether it's metaphorical, whether it's a, you know, a physical thing. I think there's going to be a reveal there that that's Ford's kind of final play towards William to really kind of messing with his head. And like you say, bringing Emily into the mix, that's already started, you know? It all ties in nicely as well to the last line that um, the man in black was told about, you know, if you're looking forward, you're looking in the wrong direction, you've got to look backwards. So his daughter has now appeared, his his family have now appeared. It's all, uh, yeah, it's... It was one of those episodes where I felt like it answered a lot of questions whilst also just throwing two more into the mix for everyone to answer. <laughs> two more? I've thrown about five for me. I would, Honestly, I, I said to, to, to Gary uh, just before we recorded uh, today uh, that there was the Westworld, the, the accompanying show to Westworld on Sky Atlantic. Jimmy Carr said a great thing that I totally resonate with. He said, 
Westworld's a show that makes me feel stupid. Yep. I oh, yeah. really enjoy this show. Yeah. Really enjoy it. But I'm watching it going, I'm not too sure if I 100% get this, if I get it. I mean, I want to kind of pose a question to the pair of you. Um, for instance, they said there was about nine different storylines over 20 different timelines. Do you think that is excessive? I mean, I think I think we can all, you know, of shows we love, we can be critical about shows we love. But do you think it's excessive? Part of me believes that whatever serves the story is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. But having it mapped out like that does make my brain hurt. Yeah, yeah. 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 I'd, I, if, if I didn't know that this was that, that was the plan, mm-hmm. then I think I'd be fine with it. Now that all these numbers are fizzing about my head, I'm trying yeah. to work out how they're actually going to make that yeah. work. Mm-hmm. Because now we have this added timeline of James Delos there and he's in his little cubicle and I don't understand when William had the time to go visit yeah. him, far less deal with season one and now deal with season two. I know that it's in the park, so was he just, any time he wasn't in shot, was he just nipping back? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and a good point. How long is a cycle for a James Delos style robot? They're saying a couple months and there's been 149 of them. Like, where is he finding the time and how does this all yeah. fit in? And how has no one else noticed that this is happening? Mm-hmm. That there's a random smoke plume coming from one bit of the park every couple of months <laughs> when mm-hmm. they incinerate this man? I, I think with, with all these timelines and all these storylines that are happening... I think obviously it's only episode four of season two. They're still calling on a lot back from season one. The great thing about the show, there is no hand-holding. It's if you want to find out, you need to do the research yep. or you need to really, really try and break it down. And, I, and I'm glad that we can all talk about this because it really does, you know, help. I think it helps us all understand a wee bit I more what's going on. it feels like therapy sometimes. It does. The Westworld just therapy to, yeah, should be a thing. Just to get the numbers out of my head and just to discuss... The whether the things I have watched are the things that other people have seen or if I'm just going crazy. Yeah. And much in the way that I was totally wrong about Emily, being able to, to realise that not every theory that I have for the show is coming to fruition. I, I think at the end of season two, it will wrap everything up and then, like you said, Laura, it will throw you about five or six different new things. Absolutely. <laughs> you think, I've got it. Eh, no, no, I don't. <laughs> Max said a good thing, though, about the, the show and the callback to the previous season and I, I, I like to think that I would have a handle on something but with this show I feel as though I really need to rewatch season one to see if there's anything there that are little nuggets and easter eggs that are happening in season two now. Yes there was one that was brought up in last night's episode with the ghost nation to the couple that had also been taken by the ghost nation were a couple that we've seen in Sweetwater before um, it was no idea what they're called but it was a husband and wife duo where the husband shot Hector and kind of saved the day as part of his robbery yes. it was oh, the two yeah. of them that turned up with the ghost nation so it does feel like it's it's great that they've crafted this world the showrunners have crafted this world where they've been very true to who was in the park mm-hmm. so I bet there are a lot of callbacks that if you, much like Man in Black's little dance that um, he did in season one that was called back to last night I mean, they do feel like they're having fun with it. There was a random, um, I discovered in an interview with Lisa Joy, a random Raman Jawadi, uh, who's the composer of the show, cameo in last night's episode. Really? He was the man with the guitar playing. That well, that would make sense, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's it. If you're going to have a composer, why pay for a guitarist? Yeah. <laughs> Just borrow him, put a cowboy hat on him and sit him in a corner. So that was 
some absolutely phenomenal scenes, but it all last night's show got extra confusing in the sense that it all tied in. So there was Man in Black and there was Bernard, but both of them, both their stories, all kind of revolved around this one room, this one magic this room. This lab, so yeah. Bernard found himself being dragged by Clementine. Um, who knows how long for, but when he stood up, his trousers were definitely a bit ripped. It did, <laughs> did not look like an enjoyable journey. That's good continuity, though. I like that. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think that is definitely the style of transport that I use for drunk friends and pubs <laughs> yep. when they've just had one too much and won't leave. Just the old drag them by the shoulder and drag them to the taxi rank. <laughs> Clementine is strong. Clementine is strong. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she's not speaking and she's got that bit of zombie attitude, but there's... We all thought she was Team Dolores, but now she's moving the story forward. Is mm-hmm. she this drone host that Ford's chucked in just to make sure you Things need to be done. in the right bit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You need to go meet this person. Someone check on Elsie. <laughs> Elsie's alive. That was great. Um, so yeah, he gets to this cave, discovers a chained up Elsie who awkwardly, the last time Elsie saw Bernard was when he was hitting her <laughs> over the head and leaving her in the yeah. cave. So obviously the welcome back wasn't as beautiful and harmonious as no. you'd hope. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I felt like Elsie really took to the massive changes very well. She adapted quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did do that horror movie trope of, as Bernard was saying, you probably shouldn't open that door. That door seems to be a scary door. Who knows what's behind that door? She was shooting the lock off. <laughs> but she doesn't trust Bernard. <laughs> she does not trust Bernard. I just think if you turn up in a room where there's a bunch of dead bodies and there's one drone who didn't even have to walk towards her she just started shooting him yeah. fairness I would because they're yeah. terrifying they yeah. are scary yeah. just get him out of the picture quickly mm-hmm. then shoot the lock off a door end up in this room and immediately open the security lock to find <laughs> just the most terrifying version of James Delos you've ever seen in your life um, who installs these red flashing lights as well? I know. Who, I when know. they're building these, is this lab, are they like, oh, I know what I'll do. We'll really need this one day. Red flashing warning well, lights. Was, I mean, it lets you know that there's something going wrong. Yeah. I mean, James Delos' scratched face. In fact, he's pedaling backwards menacingly on a bike. Isn't enough. <laughs> let's add in an alarm. Yeah, she definitely is um, all action. I feel like she's going to have a lot of dragging the Bernard forward. He seems a bit... Yeah, you would hope oh, so. Yeah, yeah, he's not having the best time. He really needed someone to inject him. Literally. Literally, mm-hmm. with a bit of enthusiasm and a bit of <laughs> brain fluid. Yeah, a bit of life. Um, he had a lot of moral issues, bit of an unrelatable narrator. Still don't really understand that bit when he was telling Elsie not to shoot the door and then he has that existential crisis where he goes, I'm not here right now. Yeah, I mean, it was it, she. did she not look inside him, essentially, and, and find out that his memories aren't addressed? So he's falling through all these memories. Mm-hmm. So even just with that bit of information, as a viewer thinking, oh, God, like, where are we now with... with with Bernard or We'd Arnold already or whoever had he is. That switch out in season one with Dolores when it turned out that William was not with. She was reliving those memories, yeah. but not with William. Mm-hmm. She was retracing all of the steps. I thought that was about to happen with him, but I thought surely the showrunners aren't going to put us through that again. No, I don't think. I think. I think. I think they're kind of doing a version of that now mm-hmm. with Bernard, but they're not. Gonna, it won't be the same kind of reveal. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope not. I, I wouldn't want them to repeat it. Even just how long Bernard was out on the table for after he was healed. Um, Elsie didn't tidy the place up none of that just leaving the bodies hanging off things <laughs> I really like that I like the fact she didn't touch anything that's good for a future crime scene yep, when yep. special ops come in I need to work out not who, my job not my job hi not part of my pay scale um, she had a lot of questions but wasn't 
I mean, it's it's an odd one to be faced with. Your friend, your colleague, this whole time has not been a real person. It's been a host with a backstory. Yep. Every conversation you've had with him has been scripted. predetermined and yeah. scripted by your big boss, Ford. Yeah. Every, every, how are you? Every, what did you watch on TV last night? I like the fact that she brought up, but you had leave. Where did you go? And <laughs> because honestly, when he started walking back to the cave, I thought, did he just go stand in a corner of that cave? <laughs> that would have been so funny. Like, was that his weekend? I two weeks away. Yeah. How was Mallorca? Oh, it was great. Meanwhile, he's just standing in that cave for yeah. a bit. So, yeah, it's, um, it does feel like Elsie's got a bit of that sort of Terminator streak in her that she's just going to shoot robots doesn't care who they are. They're I'm going fine down. with that. I think we need more of that. I think that's. I think there's not any. I mean, we've got the man in black there as a strong human character. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird to have a show where I'm desperately trying to search for strong human characters, but he <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's there as a strong human character. Um, it would be great if Elsie also stepped up. I mean, we've got, I suppose, Charlotte as well, Charlotte Hale, but I'm mm-hmm. still suspicious of her motives. Yeah. I, I I hope she comes in to play in, in next week's episode because I, I I'm really intrigued by her story because obviously her story was you know after the massacre and two weeks ahead where where we had the uh, strand and in, in his cronies but uh, yeah I hope she comes back in to play a wee bit more. She yeah I think that obviously at the end of the episode Bernard picked up the marble. <laughs> we need a name they, for this because I've seen yeah. red egg, red pearl. What are we going to call it? The brain marble. The brain marble. Right, that's it. Brain marble. The brain marble. The brain red marble. brain marble. He, at some point in the past, has picked it up and put it in his pocket, which seems like a too just unsanitary way to carry around someone's consciousness, yeah. someone's entire... Especially with someone like Bernard who doesn't know yeah. if he's coming or going. Yeah, that's that's the way you treat a USB stick. Not, <laughs> like, not Maybe that's part. what it is. That could, yeah... Maybe this is just so high tech that they just chuck them in drawers and like, oh, <laughs> someone's brain, chuck that away. Um, so he has this, he has moved this at some point. Will this turn out to be what was in Peter Abernathy's head? Possibly, but I feel like that's too easy an outcome for this yeah. show now. Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think there's many different people who that red brain marble could be, um, but you know, it's it's anyone's guess at the moment. And this is it. We don't even know who's consciousness is uploaded onto the brain marble yeah. we just assume that it's sitting in peter abernathy but we don't actually know yeah. I you assume. Hey, don't drag look, us into this look Teresa. just because i got one thing wrong doesn't mean we suddenly stop trusting i had made the mistake so yeah we we know that's kicking about and we know that possibly i feel like i have to put little asterisks by everything i say now just being like but this may or may not be a thing laura thinks yeah. i laura <laughs> firstborn so the red marble can go back hopefully i assume into peter abernathy's head it could be anyone do you think it's james delos do you think it's ford do you think it's a random woman we've never seen before could be anyone um if i'm gonna hazard a guess mm-hmm. right if, if i'm gonna be confident like you were last week laura i'm going to say it is oh i'm gonna say it's ford purely on an ego basis so contractually you have said it's definitely ford and okay you're contractually i have said it's ford mm-hmm. in the um the red brain marble i mean he's already floating about in the cloud so it's not too far-fetched mm-hmm. that there is a version of him out there it, it's just for me it's just all ego ford is all ego i'm going to put my cards on the table and say it is james delos and i'm going to add to that that it's possibly the weapon that they're discussing mm-hmm. right 
and it has the power to shut it all down. So it's both James Delos and it's both a weapon. Yes. Because James Delos's mind could just break everything. Well, he helped create the place. True. True. I don't know how, and not that I'm picking apart your theory, because I'm bitter about my uh. Theresa Cullen one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's hear it. I don't know. I, part of me thinks that he doesn't know enough about it. He always just seemed quite laddish in the sense that he just turned up and took the money and the one disease he ended up having, he defunded years ago. I don't think there's ever been a sort of nice element to him where he would care for the craft. Do you know what it, who else He'd it could be? Science. It could be, could you imagine if it was like a young William? Mm-hmm. So they find... Boy William? Boy, well, no, well, a Jimmy Simpson William. Oh, right, like sorry. Jimmy Simpson age. So Man in Black gets to this door or gets to glory and then comes face to face with a younger version of himself. Mm-hmm. I'd love that. <laughs> That would be another mind-blowing moment. That would also really make me happy because it just mean that both Jimmy Simpson and Ed Harris would get to share the screen together yeah, yeah. and talk to mm-hmm. each other. And I think they're such wonderful actors. I and mean, Jimmy Simpson, for a guy that has mostly been seen in very kind of creepy roles, if you know him from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you can never really <laughs> see past McBoyle. But he has just become into his own and he's actually getting this chance to shine and go for it. And he is completely holding his own up against... Ed Harris. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't sit going, oh, it's the young version of him anymore. You're excited to see both of them yep. get some yeah, screen time. Definitely. Yeah, if they two could have a face-to-face, I'd be all up for that. Mm-hmm. If there could be anyone that there was a brain marble off that you could put into your head, who would it be? does not have to be Westworld related. Oh yeah, because I was going to say uh, Jonathan, Nolan, Jonathan Nolan or Lisa Joyce. I got to grips with our show. Um, not that's a, a really one. good question. Um, because it doesn't necessarily give you their physical abilities. Mm-hmm. Gives you mental abilities. Yeah. You want it to be somebody smart. I would probably go for um, Beyonce, so I know the secrets of the Illuminati. You're into You've your theories me. today. <laughs> <laughs> or Elon Musk. I do feel though, James Delos reminds me of Elon Musk in the sense that he is a, a gentleman who is putting so much into tech and science and I just don't understand where the money's coming from. <laughs> no. Like, where is this money? How, how do you keep sending rockets into space? Are you selling that many Teslas? I don't get it. <laughs> don't understand. So, yeah, rounding that up, we have a man in black who has just met his daughter who knows that he should not look forward, he should look back. We have Elsie and Bernard going out on some super fun adventures, but Bernard, who knows what timeline he's in. <laughs> who knows what oh, timeline he's in and where Bernard. he is. I, mean, I did feel like, so this episode was directed by Lisa Joy and my suspicion before the episode was that this would be the very, very good one and that she'd do kind of what I do, which is I will keep the good one for myself, much <laughs> like if it is a slice of cake. I don't care who you are, that nice slice of cake will be mine. So I did wonder if this was her equivalent of that and it did. I mean, for a first time director, that was a mind-blown it episode. Was, it was, a was excellent, yeah. The imagery, I love the the cylindrical nature of the room, the literal the, the record player. The show li- is, is obsessed with loops. Yes. So. Yeah. It was great to see that come out. I thought that the whole um, the whole setup with that entire lab, the fact that every character kind of ended up there and their different interactions with it were fascinating. And the actual performances she got out of each person, I mean, those were some heavy hitters yeah. Yeah. sitting talking to each other and you were absolutely blown away. Um, she is very good for going onto Reddit. We found a Reddit thread, um, which she didn't ask me anything, um, and obviously she got asked a 
lot of very very interesting questions um her response just really tells you how um how they're treating the show and the audience so she was asked with the show renewed for a third season how far ahead have you already planned the story do you work on it for one season at a time or is there a general idea you're slowly developing so her answer was pretty lengthy um and she said our philosophy from the beginning was to lay out the major tentpole moments Ford's death, Dolores' transformation, Bernard's discovery, and all the moments coming down the line while working on the pilot. We needed to plan out the journey for several seasons in order to know where to begin. But obviously you can't and wouldn't want to plan everything. But then you don't want to be dogmatic about it. If you find a storyline or a character situation that you didn't expect, you want to have the latitude to lean into that. This is especially true with character pairings, which are really where it gets fun with such a large ensemble. You take two great flavours and add them together to make a new dish. So Maeve and Lee in season two, Dolores and Hector season three, Man in Black and Achita in season four, etc. But you have to start at the beginning. And for us, the ultimate meaning of the story, the destination our path has always been leading, started back in 1998 when the Undertaker threw mankind <laughs> off hell in a cell and plummeted 16 feet through an announcer's table. <laughs> By that, God, he's broken in half. <laughs> that is a beautiful, beautiful answer, which... It's just very much like the show. It leads you along. You think you've discovered something extra there. You think they've dropped in a little hint or a little secret. Did she say the man in black and a cheetah? Yes. A-K-E-C-H-E-T-A. I don't know how to pronounce that. <laughs> I, 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 when, I, when I read that answer, I thought, Lisa, what have you done? Yeah, spoiled have it. you spoiled something for us? And then you just caught me at the end <laughs> do you know i was so i get so suspicious about everything that's written about this that part of me thought was that mankind undertaker match in 1999 Do oh, I have no to that look? was that was 19 98 sorry she mentioned 1998 was that that year i need to look into that. actually oh you get no, 98 king of the ring oh i'll find out i'm, I'm the resident wrestling expert yeah, so i need to find Matt, this <laughs> discover this before next time and if she was wrong i'm sure we'll we'll look into this too much and assume that it was on purpose and an easter egg all along um yeah the she just had such a beautiful way with the camera last night like that whole scene with the man in black riding off in the sunset that is i kind of want that as a framed picture on my wall <laughs> it was just so beautiful to end the show and i did think you know this is a lovely lovely image and then boom the daughter was in it and it was so much more than i ever thought it was gonna be <laughs> yeah, that was great so much more and I also uh, read an interview with her. This was the first time they've used rain in the show to signify this baptism. So is this... I mean, the next episode is... um, You can watch the trailer now. HBO have released the trailer for it. And it is exciting because it is all set in Shogun World. Yes, We've all been desperate to go to. We're so excited. Swords and katanas and all brilliant. I can't wait. focus sticks. It's going to be great. (laughs) Can't wait. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be great that we'll see a bit more of Maeve. Hopefully. Yeah, it was it was weird having an episode where her and Dolores weren't in it. And I wonder if that's how they're going to maybe play it for a few episodes, go back and forth between the, the two parks, essentially. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to this episode. Mm-hmm. Really One am. last thing I wanted to speak about before we wrap up is that the Ghost Nation, they came up in this episode. They We still don't really know what their deal is, but it does seem like they're trying to save people. Are they just keeping people safe while it's nonsense rounding happens. them up yeah like, i don't know but did, did you notice that the the leader of the ghost nation was the guy who along with talula riley a uh, show oh, logan yes yeah, he was that guy and he also was a major part in maeve's season one 
story with the daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the leader of Ghost Nation, and she recognises his face. It would it would be quite nice if it was Ford setting the Ghost Nation up to just round up all of the VIPs, mm-hmm. keep them safe in a corner, keep all of the sort of day lost employees, bar Man in Black, mm-hmm. um, safe in a corner. Because I mean that would explain why they wanted Lee Sizemore, because. Who would want him? <laughs> why? Um, yeah. We're confused as to why Maeve wants him. So it was. It would be a nice idea if they. I mean, they didn't kill Third Hemsworth brother. They didn't yeah. kill Ashley. Um, it it would be quite nice if there was if Ford had set up this failsafe whereby it wasn't that he was just trying to murder a bunch yeah. of people. Did yeah. you think um, the Ghost Nation are almost like the cleanup crew, essentially clearing the path for Dolores's game? For a Man in Black's game, mm-hmm. potentially Maeve's game, so that no, there's no more collateral damage. Essentially, that could be. It. I mean, Dolores has got people hanging from trees with their yeah. feet, feet just balancing. Crosses. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the Ghost Nation's probably where you'd want to end up. <laughs> I, I think so. It's not the most comfortable journey with the Ghost Nation when you're attached to a log, but it's that or Clementine. It's better than that. It's better yeah. than death. Well, well, it's, it's, better it's better than, than that railroad that we're constructing. Oh, that was horrendous. That was awful, yeah. That is that not an appropriate watch. foundation for a railroad as well. <laughs> They're going to need to rebuild that at some yeah. point. Well, that, that, was a, that was difficult to watch, oh, I must say. That was terrifying. That, But that also was kind of Craddock's doing, wasn't it? The Confederales, this is kind of their... The Confederados, this is all they're kind of doing... Um, yeah, don't. I think definitely the Ghost Nation do seem like the the best place to be. I mean, occasionally, who'd have thought that, yeah. who'd have thought that at the start? <laughs> occasionally, you get a woman coming up to you talking in your face, but other than that, I mean, you're not you're not now a railroad foundation. So no, no. and a fake no. out with a knife to the throat. I mean, it's all fun in games with Ghost Nation, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> you can tell your therapist about it when you get home. Well, now our time in the park is up for another week. Uh, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss out our coverage of next week's Shogun World themed episode, <laughs> which we're really excited about. Um, you can tweet your theories to us. We are at, at Way Out Westworld. So until next time, we're away to put ourselves into a deep and restless slumber. <laughs>